I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. We're all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is right all over your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit, question mark. Ah! <laughs> wow. So by now you've binged those first three episodes because they came out in a clump. Ooh, yeah. And you've had a week to recover. Yep. So, you know, take a deep breath. Pat yourself on the back. You made it. Yay. You did it. Yay. You had some time to process. Also, I'm sure that you are sending us a bunch of stuff right now about like corrections, whatever, to mm-hmm. the first three episodes. And sorry, gang, we cannot hear you. We're in the past. <laughs> we were, like I said, we're backlogging these. So sorry if we can't get to your comments uh, live, but this is for you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, you know, and we'll we'll address yeah, yeah. corrections we'll and stuff, you know, once we get current and, you know, we'll discuss each episode on the Facebook page. So which is Facebook.com slash read all over. Correct. And if you'd like to throw some simoleons at us, <laughs> forgive the phrase, I picked up the Sims again. Um, if you want so restful. What? Soccer ball s- sailboat? <laughs> my, what? That's like when Sims have conversations. They're little. Oh, okay. I was it like. It was not a verbal joke. Okay. Anyway. I was like, wait a minute. Okay. Anyway, if you want to contribute <laughs> to our production costs for Red All Over, you can visit Venmo.com slash Red All Over and uh, toss us a couple bucks. We always appreciate it. It helps us promote the show and pay for other related podcast hosting expenses. Speaking of throwing money, last episode, I wanted to shout out people who donated to reproductive rights organizations and somebody got cut off in the shout out. So I just want to give an extra shout out to Jackie A. Rossi. That was the person who donated to the National Network of Abortion Funds, a nonprofit organization in Boston. So thanks, Jackie. Sorry for the late shout out. Uh, You don't need to text me anymore. (laughs) I mean, if you want to, you can, but like, uh, you don't need to. Actually, good transition uh you can find kelly on twitter at kelly anakin and you can find molly on twitter at serious molly all right ready to get into this i think so so this is episode four of season three god bless the child god bless the child (laughs) which they do not sing nope although they could have sure could have sure could have but (laughs) this episode i did not like this episode as much as i liked episode three Mm -hmm. but a lot of good stuff happened yeah something i want to mention that i noticed in the the recap that i think we forgot to mention last time because we're having fun doing other stuff how dare we (laughs) is that episode two And episode three are kind of parallel episodes for Serena and for June because in episode two, Whitford calls June a child Mm -hmm. in that like she wants what she wants when she wants it. Mm -hmm. And in episode three, mom Serena calls Serena a spoiled little girl. So I think we should think about this when we think about like uh, how... Mr. Putnam talks about Angela in this episode. It's like a lot of like infantilizing mm-hmm. and like the trouble that comes from like uppity girls. Also, doesn't everybody want what they want? Yeah. When they want it? Yeah. Like who's out here not <laughs> like wanting to delay gratification is like a highly evolved behavior that people have to work really hard at. Yeah. I mean, you can get better at it, but it's just like, oh, I don't know, Bradley Whitford. Like, maybe (laughs) when you're a sexual slave in a weird house with a weird dude, maybe then you'll be kind of demanding. Speaking of which, no Whitford this episode. No Whitford. So our watch begins anew. (laughs) I'm still on Chris Maloney watch. I thought for sure when all of the commanders are coming in, he was going to come in this episode, but... I really, like... 
I'm really betting, like, when did we finally get Whitford? Like, in the last two episodes? Yeah. Okay, this is prediction time. I think whatever in the hell Fred and Serena are about to get up to, mm-hmm. I think they are going down. I agree. And I think Maloney and Reese are, are going to replace them. I agree. And so it's like, replace watch. 2019. This is a hard one. I feel like if you have a better name for like Maloney Watch and Reeser Watch, like Maloney I don't Zamboni. Uh, Maloney. Mm, I just mm, yeah. I don't know Think because it's like it's the name. two of them. Like I don't want to privilege Chris Maloney above Elizabeth Reeser. Reesoni. I don't know, gang. Hmm. We're tired. Uh, anyway, Maleser. As- Malteser. Ooh, I'd love one. Thank you. Ooh, they gave us a Malteser. Oh, ooh. When they announced this casting. That's right. Malteser watch. Okay, fine. We'll workshop it. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, Maloney's somewhere fondling some sweaters. uh, and uh, (laughs) Well, he can suck his own dick, so. Like, why do you even need a handmaid? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's what that's for. Oh, boy, Mm, we have Ask Warren. Dude doesn't have a hand for a reason. Uh, we have fun anyway so they took my jerkin off hand oh no that was my jerkin <laughs> they took daddy's jerkin hand <laughs> djh oh jesus Lord. here we go they have the <laughs> all the groups of people are walking to the center of the town we get some great overhead shots we get a so my thought as i saw everybody coming through please. was just bonjour Bonjour, 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 bonjour. There goes the handmaid with her bonnet on it. I don't have it. I, I have nothing else to say. So I think I could be wrong. I think they're going to St. Patrick's Cathedral. Well, but they tore it down. Yeah, in the first know, season, man. they were dynamiting the churches. Every but church they was. had outside of it what looked like a historical building plaque, yeah. but in Gilead and you know highlights magazine. <laughs> Some Boston-based redhead is screaming at their Yeah, no, and right I was going to put out the call specifically. Like, if you're a Boston-based redhead, please correct us. Correct us, Daddy! <laughs> and we'll have a retraction seven episodes from now. Because we're about to get crazy ahead, motherfuckers. <laughs> so anyway, they're all going into the church. And they there's some kind of um, monologue that lets us know that we're going to see the sort of a celebration of a birth. Yeah, so it looks like it's not a baptism in the sense of like they're not pouring water on these babies right. and anointing them with oil. So my feeling about the sons of Jacob and just sort of like Gileadian faith it seems like they may be anabaptists which are christians who only baptize adults oh I so hate that. <laughs> i don't hate that i don't hate that I, let me backtrack let me back i mean i think from you know just the life that i've lived and the people that i've known i think i like it in that it's like it is involving consent yes. around no, your faith life that was a dickish thing of me I, to say. it's fine i don't believe it that. doesn't well i also don't believe that it's necessary only thinking of like one dick girl i went to high school with who who did that and so that she's coloring my yeah. whole perception well, and I mean, in, of this in beautiful event catholic you know or even like if you're catholic or you're jewish like the same function happens for your confirmation or your bar or bat mitzvah. Okay. Like I think most I like the consent aspect. Most religions have some kind of like thing that you do when you're like, you know, I got confirmed at 13, which was dumb because it's like I changed my mind. <laughs> uh, no taxis. No. Yeah, well, you know, too late. <laughs> Sorry, Pope. <laughs> so they Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> We both lost our minds when Ann Dowd comes into the shot on a fucking rascal scooter. 
Whew. We, I could, ah, uh, it's like the most perfect, like if there was an Aunt Lydia Barbie doll, it would come, you, like the special accessory would be this rascal it's scooter. So funny. So fantastic. One thing I was wondering about is all of these people are going to the church. Is Hannah still in the same district? Cause. I guess not. I mean, I guess not. I mean, she may not ever have been in the same district, mm-hmm. quote unquote, but anyway. Who knows what zoning is? <laughs> Uh, city planners? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mark Brandanowitz. So yeah, so they're all going in and they announce that the people who have given birth get priority seating. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Janine is being pat down to get in and she gets a little ticklish. Mm-hmm. I think that was a very cute choice. June is a little surprised that her shopping partner, whose name I do not remember, I'm going to call her Carol. Uh, <laughs> She's she's a little taken aback that Carol gets to have priority seating as well as her. Because Janine is now off Howard. Yeah. She was off Warren. I can't remember what. There isn't of Matthew in there somewhere, which might be her, but now I'm just going to call her Carol. Okay. I'm down with Carol, frankly. So Carol, we find out, has had three babies. Yeah. And I guess that is in service of Gilead. Sure sounds like. I mean, look, she does seem like the ideal handmaid from the Gileadian perspective, and I really can't fault her for doing what she's doing. This reminds me of, I can't remember if it's season one or season two, and it might even have been, I, I don't know if we saw this person again, but the handmaid of color who's like, hey man, I was having a pretty bad time before Gilead, and I'm okay. I'm doing marginally better now. You mean Lily, a.k.a. Off Glen 2, who done oh, blowed herself up along with the Rachel and Leah Center? Yeah. Did not work out for her. But I think it is like an interesting and maybe on accident sort of comment that like, yeah, some people, you know, feel less radical because they're like, fuck, I just kind of got to survive. And there might be a, a race element to that. There may be. And I also think like... I don't get that Carol's situation previously was necessarily that bad. Sure. She's just like, my strategy is just stay out of everybody's way. Yeah. I think there is this undercurrent of a theme and they play it very lightly, but it's very much like this contrast between Canada and Gilead and like, what does life going on mean Mm. in those places? Because like Judas very invested in her life in Gilead. She has all of these relationships. Mm-hmm. This is her life now. And, you know, she made a choice to stay there. And I just wrote at some point in this episode, like, you can get used to anything. Anything can start to seem normal. And everything in this episode was very, like, Gilead as usual. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it did get strict again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Boy, howdy. Yeah, it sure did. Careful what you wish for, I guess. So they- I mean, I don't think either of us like went into this show at any point <laughs> being like, you know, this is going to be a gentle romp. No, I certainly don't think so. As she's in the church, she has a flashback to the... Uh, baptism and christening are not interchangeable, no? Um, I mean, they are like Catholics. I've never heard anybody call it a christening. Okay. It's, again, the heathen, yeah. the heathen host Christening, I think, tends to be more like Episcopal or like some of the right. other... So she, yeah. She flashes back to Hannah's baptism. Mm-hmm. Not the same church. Right? It is not the same church? Well, ugh. I have church blindness. Boston Redheads, help us out. That could have been the Notre Dame as far as <laughs> So, and uh, I love this because we got a little more of sweet baby Cherry Jones mm-hmm. who shows up and is loudly calling everybody a pedophile. <laughs> Hell yeah. And saying... Me when I visit Italy later uh, this year. <laughs> you cannot let religion control your choices. Whew! I mean... Mm, 
I mean, uh, you can. Uh, if it comes with a cattle prod, you absolutely can. Yes. So she's there, and you know, Moira is going to be the gay fairy godmother. OT's friend Jerry just totally spaces on the baptism. I love this. I hope he never shows up, but I hope he is referenced several more times. Jerry is the Maris of the Handmaid's Jerry Tale. Jerry is the Vera of the Handmaid's Tale. Vera said that? <laughs> yeah, I would die. Please, writers, add Jerry into more... Uh, yeah, more Jerry. More Jerry. Of Jerry. He's if like, we meet he, someone that's of Jerry, I'll be like, <gasps> is it Jerry? Like, oh, he's like, you know, I wasn't really like that into God. Like, I missed Hannah's baptism, but then they were like, you can have a handmaid. And I was like, that's cool. Sign me up. <laughs> I, oh, God. OT is fine in all these flashbacks. I miss him. You know what, though? Ah. Emo Nick in the last, I mean, you know, this is good for our friendship. Like, yeah. we'll never be fighting over one of them, you know? <laughs> no, no, no. No. <laughs> They're both listening to this podcast, like calling the police and be like, we'd like a restraining order against these psychos. <laughs> you know what? Very fair. <laughs> we are both married. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, 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 so sorry. Yeah, uh, we're from Northern California. <laughs> we're about that non-monogamous life. Yeah, exactly. But um, not Burning Man. No. Uh, oh, and so uh, Hannah poops and uh, <laughs> Samira Wiley says, let's go baptize this stinky little sinner, which is what I say every time I step into the bath, uh, personally. Oh, babies be pooping. Babies do be pooping. <laughs> <laughs> All of the quote unquote parents of Gilead sitting on the stage, the Putnam's are with Angela and very exciting. Our first Asian wife. Yeah. Nice. Super exciting. She is the parent of Carol's baby, uh-huh. which Offred kind of clocks. She sees where her attention is and she's like, he's beautiful. And Carol, look, strong personal brand Carol yeah. has. Carol's just like, they're all beautiful miracles. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, look, I don't like want to be a bummer, but it kind of <laughs> seems like Gilead's working. Like... <laughs> That's a lot of babies. Emissions are down. <laughs> babies are up. And Crabtree has a job. The macaroon industry is thriving. No, I'm like, oh, man. Because, I, you know, my impression from the book mm-hmm. was like, oh, this is not going well. Yeah. I mean, should there be more babies? Absolutely. If the human rights... The human rice. Oh, the human rice. Oh, the human rice. I'm pretty pissed about it. <laughs> Serenus pissed. <laughs> you know, but they uh, they're getting some results. Uh, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Kelly, they... why do you have me strapped to your bed while you're talking? No, 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 about no, no. just stay there. <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> also, we see boys for the first time. Boys. The boys of Gilead. The boys of Gilead. Not to be confused with the Gilead fire people's calendar. <laughs> um, no, like these are. <laughs> these are good. these are little boys little dressed babies. in blue. Yeah. So, Get yeah, it. we just haven't seen them. And I was excited. Yeah. They that were was interesting. They were bored. Yeah. As, you know, children always are in church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, like, you know, June keeps like flashing in and out to these mm-hmm. flashbacks. And all I could think was, we built this city. <laughs> We built this city on PTSD. Quick sidebar. If you're in the San Francisco area, there's a very, very good like dance jazzercise class every Tuesday night at 745 at ODC called Roryography. And he does a great workout to that song specifically. It is so fucking fun. 
You will love it. I thought it was like Gilmore Girls themed. <laughs> no, no, it should be. It, you know what? Genuinely, it might be. Okay. That's Roryography at ODC. Okay. Any Husel. So we flash and back, flash and black. Blah, 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 blah. Then we get to Canada and Emily's oh, coming Canada. out of the subway. All these scenes with the once and future Rory, Oof. not to be confused with Roryography. <laughs> I took like no notes because they're so good. Yeah, I was crying. They're really good. I, I genuinely didn't take any notes. So she gets out of the subway. Oh, you said something beautiful when we were watching this. Did I? Yeah, you said she's needed glasses this whole time. I have not been able to stop thinking Ugh, about that. That guts me. She's needed glasses mm-hmm. the whole time. I can't. Oh, God. Like, I was literally doing the mental calculus. And I was like, what would be worse to me? Like, not having glasses and not. I mean, this isn't. This wasn't Wait. her choice. But like. <laughs> Would I be, would I have been more willing to be systematically raped if they had just given me glasses? Oh, I thought you, know? you were going to say, what would I rather lose, my glasses or my clitoris? Both horrible choices, honestly. Yikes. I don't, yeah. But, but it's just like, it's so, the glasses thing I think is, a, is so sad mm-hmm. because they just take away such a big part of you, your agency. Yeah. You know, and being able to see clearly, they're like, Oh, God, it's so sad. I'm so glad you mentioned that because it's too like they talk about it when we first see her in Canada, like she was a vegetarian and they made her eat all these animal Mm -hmm. products. So that's already bad. Yeah, but I'm still not on board with this, you know, fat shaming doctor. Yeah, yeah, me neither. But um, (laughs) I'm like, I hope you let her weigh herself backwards, you monsters. They just take every ounce of your bodily autonomy well and yeah and your identity oh god it's so sad so clea is there Mm -hmm. she's like late or because like we and like every time emily's on screen i'm like please don't let anything happen i know me too too, please don't let anything happen to her and because she's like looking around and she looks you know alexis bladell distressed which is very and clea finally shows up she's like i'm sorry i couldn't find a spot and they like hug and it's you know weird we were crying i just yeah i'm like how do you how do you and, you know, they, they're going to show us some. And I know that they do a lot of research on this show about what is it like when refugees are reunited with their families mm-hmm. and their children. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated, like, the care and thought that went into these reunion scenes specifically. Oof, I appreciate it, too. I think that was really great. Oh, so the next scene is in the van going to the Putnam's. The Putnam's real permissive. <laughs> The Putnams were like, hey, remember all those other times we let handmaids come into our house and that worked out great? Um, You know what? We got blackout drunk. We forgot. I think it's that the Putnams bought party stuff and they're like, fuck, we need to get use of this. We only have like 20 commanders and we bought like a a hundred pack. We got to invite more people. We got to invite more people. Like invite the local high school. God, (laughs) donate that shit. It's like... It's Gilead. It's all compostable. Just throw it in the thing. (laughs) It's like when Carrie Bradshaw got that Vera Wang dress and she's like, oh shit, I need to have a bigger wedding now. Mm -hmm. It's basically that, but with handmaids. (laughs) (laughs) I love that movie. Um, Anyway, so all the handmaids and Aunt Lydia are coming in. Aunt Lydia specifically tells Janine to like be a good girl again, like infantilizing a grown ass woman. Yeah. Well, and June is trying like Aunt Lydia is still clearly in a lot of discomfort. And June is like, you okay? Like, Mm -hmm. I do think like, I can't tell how much she's trying to needle her Mm -hmm. because like I would have just phrased it differently. She's like, I don't want you to, you know push yourself too hard and aunt lydia's like i'll fucking push you too hard i'll push you right off this van 
It's like, when has being nice to Aunt Lydia worked out well for anyone? Truly. Yeah, we see a really good case study. Hold on to your butts. Very upset that the Putnam's house was not ADA compliant. So she had to walk instead of taking her rascal. Um, They could have let her into the pool room. Let her into the pool room. (laughs) So they get in and there's this very awkward scene of Mrs. Putnam basically telling them to go sit at the kids table yeah like well she's like oh come in and have some food and aunt lydia starts walking into the living room and it's not just the handmaids it's aunt lydia as well she's like "Mm, no sorry side door and june just lingers and i guess you know it's it's a choice that they're making in the writer's room that june can just be wherever june needs slash wants to be yeah because she's just like you know hanging around and who does serena come up to her at that point Uh yeah so like serena very notably was not at the church there was an empty space next to fred and i was like oh i guess you know i wouldn't want to come to the ceremony where my snatched baby was not even if i'm the one who snatched her yeah yeah, yeah. june is like oh like we missed you at church and serena's like i didn't want to be a distraction i'm like bitch you were embarrassed Mm -hmm. which is fine and fred like tries to come over and it's so like awkward high school dance yeah He's just like, hey, I just, are you, were you going to ask me this Sadie Hawkins dance or? <laughs> I also love the choice of like how aggressively taller Serena mm-hmm. is than him in this scene and how they really zoom out yeah. so you can see that. Like, it's such a wonderful way to play with that visually. I don't want to gloss over probably my favorite line of this episode, which is Serena Joy's like, what did I miss? And Emos is like, I don't know. They're doing jello shots, charades, karaoke, the normal thing. <laughs> I feel like this is, I swear to God, the I want this show to end and quick. But the thing that would be the biggest fan service to me personally that I would love is if it's been Chekhov's karaoke this whole time and the season ends with either someone dying and hallucinating that they're singing karaoke with their friends or genuinely everybody's fine and they end with singing, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want or something like that. Bring me more karaoke because this is the second time you've mentioned it. Give me that third satisfying karaoke beat. I don't care if somebody's dying in the background. If you want to be my handmaid, (laughs) you got to get with my friend. Got to get with my friend. (laughs) Yes. So that's just putting that wish out into the universe. This is a great scene where is this where Serena's like, do you regret not leaving? Yes. And then basically it has to be a real fucking struggle in that writer's room to not put not without my daughter in every single <laughs> script. I feel like they're always like collecting like not without my daughter like posters and like they have lifetime on speed dial and they prank them all the time. Anyway, this is just my in real life fan fiction about the Handmaid's so Tale writer's room. The next scene is Canada in Clea and oliver's house Mm -hmm. and wow what a dumb note (laughs) i wrote look he's a little sports guy (laughs) he is a little sports guy well he's playing hockey he's playing hockey they were like ma'am we'll let you as a canadian citizen in but if your son who's only half of a citizen he has to play hockey he must sacrifice to the canucks (laughs) the leafs no it's like how you know like in israel everybody has to be in the army in canada everybody has to play hockey it's just look it's just the rules (laughs) Woo, hot tea in my sinuses. That really <laughs> surprised me there. That was very funny and accurate. Uh, Canadian Thank policy. Thank you very much. Um, so oh, there's, boy. you know, pictures everywhere of Oliver. Clea comes in and I do love this. She's like, I got you that tea you like that tastes like dirt for breakfast. And we find out that Emily's going to stay in a hotel. Yeah. She's sense. like, I didn't want it to be awkward. 
And then Clea's like, uh, it's awkward. Oh, and they both acknowledge it. I love that. Clea also made pasta salad. And I'm <laughs> like, I hope that's her favorite food because that is a weird ass thing <laughs> to make for your wife who just escaped from sexual slavery. I got to say, though, if I am a, a straight writer and I'm like, yeah, 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 what's a, what's a, what's like a vegetarian lesbian comfort food? Gotta be pasta salad, right? No, man, it's <laughs> fucking like hummus <laughs> or like, like captain crunch yeah tabula like come on go mediterranean come when, on i mean i guess pasta salad could be mediterranean yeah we don't know the nature i wanted to be like i didn't make it actually it's that one that they have at whole foods that's really good with whoa. the orzo and the feta cheese oh, so mm, the way to my heart baby mm, <laughs> red onions and spinach mm. put that on some greens delish <laughs> so they go into oliver's room because so they go into his room because emily asks in a heartbreaking way she's like does he remember oh my god i just remember what else happened so they go in and there's hella pictures of all three of them together and then clea is like that's a picture of you trying to get free babe I know, but it's a picture of her I as know. a superhero. That's so sweet. And I they framed it. it and put it right next to his bed. Oh I thought my that God. was really sweet. I was so happy that happened. Oh, man. This yeah. episode is brought to you by Framebridge, by the way, because <laughs> everything in that house was gorgeously framed. Make me feel like a chump. I need everything framed. <laughs> Framebridge is so expensive, though. Mm. This isn't an ad, by the way. We don't have a code for they you. They would not have us. We, <laughs> no, tried. we tried. We were like, hey, Framebridge. And they were like, <laughs> yeah that was a beautiful scene i cried too and it was just really sweet so and we get another beautiful scene <gasps> oh, this is just uh oh, oh, this cried. episode set us up to fail mm-hmm. so hard because there were all these gorgeous scenes and then it ends in such a brutal way oh fuck he comes in and he's the most cute little lispy woke baby because he is clearly excited to see her and just seeing him breaks rory but he says with his cute little lispy voice, he's like, I'm not supposed to hug you until you're ready. And that's when I was like, done. We were I'm dead. Done. I'm and done. She I'm done. Says, Bury me. As the wokest mom, she says, how about we don't hug till we're both ready? And it was so great. And it's Boy. just so sweet. <sighs> oh, my God. It's just, yes. So cute. So cute. So sad. Really sweet. And really like attention to good detail Mm -hmm. cute baby casting i gotta say whoever is in charge of casting babies for this show a plus yeah a plus and to go back a little i (laughs) think yeah and to all the stage parents who are submitting their children to be on the handmaid's tale how dare you (laughs) but also very cute but also thank you keep it up (laughs) because i gotta say even the baby that they had to play baby hannah looks like that's that little girl as yeah, a baby. Yeah, I know. They're doing a great job. They did an excellent oh, job. Oh, and I just loved baby Angela. Oh, so yeah. cute. So cute. And Nicole is... So, oh. They're all... Look, more babies. <laughs> On this, we and the senior <laughs> leadership of Gilead agree. <laughs> so then we cut to a scene with Aunt Lydia mm-hmm. struggling to go sit down in some random hallway. Mm-hmm. And Janine has followed her with... I wasn't clear if it was a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, but she says that she figured she would like it plain. So I'm thinking it's more coffee. I love that hot beverages are the love language of this episode. Yeah, I mean, they don't have that many other options. No, I really like it. 
And Janine comes and, you know, said that, you know, she was so sad when she heard that Aunt Lydia had been hurt and she prayed so hard for her. And Aunt Lydia, we rarely see her be this bitter and direct with the handmaid. She says, no, I know what all the girls think of me. And Janine's like, well, I really did. And it's very sweet. It also didn't occur to me until she says it in this episode. And we're going to get, you know, you and I have different definitions of this. But story wise, that Aunt Lydia is low status. Mm-hmm. that the people blame her for Emily escaping, mm-hmm. which is something I hadn't considered people before. People blame her. Well, and I would agree, like, I would agree that psychologically she's broken, and I'd also agree that her status within the community has been lessened. Like, in the same way that she, like, lashed out at June, where she's like, I don't, can't believe they gave you another posting, you should be on the wall. Like, not to that degree where, like, the other aunts think that she should be on the wall, but it's like, mm-hmm. shouldn't there be another aunt here with like notable trouble handmaids janine and june (laughs) like they have a record but it's just interesting that she notices the the shift of like how the wives and commanders see her Mm -hmm. in addition to how she feels about herself and just like oh man it's really interesting i'm gonna go on a limb here i don't think it lydia's ready to be back at work i don't think i think she needs to take more time (laughs) i agree (laughs) i agree take way more time but you know again i hate how much i love this twisted loving relationship between Aunt Lydia and Janine. Aunt Lydia says, I never should have brought Emily back from the colonies. And Janine says, well, I'm really glad that you saved me from the colonies. And Aunt Lydia says, me too. Again, we hate that plot point because it makes no sense. But damn, it's paying off. And I think, again, like, I think the show works its best when it can do these very targeted character moments and have these like race notes in these relationships mm-hmm. where it's like it doesn't have to move the plot forward it doesn't have to build out this world these people are just living within the world of the show i agree the next scene is all the handmaids in the kitchen which i really like and they're chatting someone's in the kitchen with carol someone's in the kitchen it's alma <laughs> I love that, like, Carol starts popping off, and Emos does this very weird, like, comes close to her and then circles away. It was so weird, because, like, it was like, your quarrel is not with her, because, like, you know, they're all gossiping about, like, ugh, like, it's so weird that Janine, like, loves Aunt Lydia, Mm. and... Carol defends Aunt Lydia and also possibly by proxy Janine. She's like, she's just doing her best. Yeah. And Elma's like, oh, did she burn you? And she like takes out her arm that was burned. Mm-hmm. And th- yeah. And then it's like, June, like June, you're not even in this. Like you're the reason everybody got burned. Yeah. So like just, you know, you don't have to be at the center of everything, June. <laughs> yeah. This is not a Carol quarrel. <laughs> oh, God. So then dad comes into the kitchen AKA uh, the commander. Yeah, sorry. Every commander is dad. Ew. <laughs> that belies how fucked up I am. You just upset my up. nethers very deeply. <laughs> but I only say that because he's really trying to be like fun dad at the party. Where he's no, like, he's Kids. like, hey, you like pizza rolls? <laughs> There's some over there. Help yourself. I won't tell. So he, and really it's deviled eggs, which yeah. I'm genuinely shocked that they didn't change the name of yeah, Gilead. Like Katy Perry's parents called them angel eggs. Ugh. So. I you mean, know, Katy Perry's parents are thriving in Gilead. Oh, my God. They're so happy. And they're, like, so sad that their daughter was Aww. declared an unwoman. Um, she's a gender traitor for that song alone. Uh, anyway, well, and, you know, when the gays don't want her either. Uh, poor of Orlando. <laughs> so he comes in, essentially, to be like, hey, go go get on this buffet so I can talk to my 
once and future handmade because we can all see where this is going right i will say at least they're spreading it out and they're like they have to like they're actually seeding logical rational reasons for her to get back there this time mm-hmm. instead of just like we don't know what else to do <laughs> because she says when she sees him in the church she's like i don't feel hate for this man yeah. i don't know what i feel it isn't love but like it's not she you know it's stockholm syndrome yeah and it's also in part like the devil you know yeah. versus look and look he's easy you know she's been trying to figure out how to manipulate whitford and I, you know i don't think he's manipulatable manipulable you got it and fred is because fred is dumb fred is thinking with his chivalry dick at all times and she plays it she freaking yeah plays it well you know and now she and serena are friends the martha network is one thing but serena is real power yeah or as close as you can get in power anyway so he's like hey so i'm having girlfriend problems can i talk to you while you give me a handy (laughs) (laughs) boy if i had a nickel for every time Which she does not actually give him a handy. I had this completely sideways thought here, though, as like they're talking to each other. I'm like, okay, if Nick's a commander now, does he still live above your garage? Because it seems like it's maybe time for him to move out. It's time for him to get his own place. (laughs) Hey, bud. So um, you don't have to live here anymore. You're not my driver. All my stuff is here. (laughs) It's really near the club where I like to play my gigs. By the way, I have a gig. Yeah. We're busy. (laughs) My whole vinyl collection is very sensitive to climate. And I have it like my humidifier. here i don't want to mess with it okay god leave me alone fred says to june he doesn't think serena is satisfied knitting and planting flowers and then angelica schuyler busts in and she's like she will never be satisfied (laughs) i also i like that part where he's like i don't know should i should i get her a birch box subscription or something i don't know what do chicks like That that one Martha was saying she should try improv. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, and we can tell like June is also a lot better at schooling her face with him because <laughs> it's like you can see her being annoyed. That, like, oh my god, this is like not my problem. <laughs> but also, she knows that this is an advantageous situation yeah. that she's kind of the go between mm-hmm. while they're on a break. And one thing I noticed this season, and I asked you, and you said yes, but I felt <laughs> like they haven't always called the commanders sir. I just feel like they're calling them sir a lot more this season, or I'm just like aware of it now to me it's been a constant but i am also want to forget things so the next scene brings up something that i kind of wanted to talk about last episode but i'm not sure what to make of it i think they're really trying to push this serena is water sort of theme because Mm. we've seen she's wearing blue so it's like they've already done half the work for you (laughs) right but like last last episode we see very like avatar the last airbender you know yeah yeah, she's a martha's our earth (laughs) wives are water (laughs) Handmaids are fire, and I guess ants are air. Sure. (laughs) Sure. But like last episode, we had Serena Kate Chopanning in the ocean. This one, we have her sitting by the pool. She says her fondest memory of Hicole is in the bath. Oh, that's true. There's so much water associated with her, and I don't know what to make it. My favorite was that time we threw her in the fire, and she didn't burn. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're thinking of Game of Thrones again. Fire cannot burn a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, don't. (laughs) Just like we had to give the autoerotic Yeah, I was going to say, PSA, don't throw a baby in a fire. Not not, even as a joke. No, not Not even for fun. (laughs) (laughs) Gang, I can't stress how few things should be done as a joke. (laughs) I've learned from experience, don't don't be like me. Also, when June walks into their giant ass beautiful mm. indoor pool, I'm like, why didn't they kill Eden here? It is much nicer. <laughs> if Joey Lawrence was in charge of participations, he'd be like, hey, can we just kill her in my pool? No. <laughs> I hate to commute. I have kettlebells here already. Like, let's do it. Beth! Beth! <laughs> 
so they have this big conversation by the pool wah, wah, wah. kind of really a rehashing of like the same conversation yeah i mean basically week. but again look i appreciate that they're taking the time and having this conversation again because serena as we know is not easily persuaded she lost a finger and a baby june has lost two babies she's you know she's tough but you know she has to bring serena along and I would be very annoyed if they didn't show that process. Yeah. If Serena was just like, yeah, let's fucking burn it down. <laughs> and I love every scene with June and Serena. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm truly not complaining. I also really hope that those skinny ass cigarettes are filterless because otherwise, <laughs> like, what is even the point? I was so excited. The whole scene, I could barely pay attention because in my mind, I was like, share a cigarette, share a cigarette. And then it happened. So... You know, boating really well for that karaoke finale I'm looking for. I was definitely like sitting here thinking like if I was in Gilead, Hmm. would I start smoking again slash break my sobriety? Like if I had the opportunity. So I'll keep you all posted. I'm on the fence. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear her say something to the effect of wear a dress, pull the strings? Yes. I think she said wear the dress, pull the strings. I don't know, man. I guess she means like the wife dress. Or she means like... She has like a hot seduction dress. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, honestly, I'd be down. Yeah. But that I don't seems know. like a weird thing to say. I got no strings to hold me down. <laughs> so uh, I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> then the next scene takes place in Canada. I didn't really. The only note I wrote for the scene is that's it. I'm having a baby. <laughs> I thought you were already pretty like. Yeah, I didn't know. I was yeah. totally set. I'm just like, yeah. Um, so it's bedtime for Oliver's mm-hmm. and Clea is getting him ready for bed. He wants water. She's like, if you drink water now, you have to pee in an hour. Relatable. Yeah. Pretty standard bedtime negotiations. And she's like, okay, we're going to read about dinosaurs. We're on the Spinosaurus. Boys love dinosaurs. Boys just fucking love them. Boys be liking dinosaurs. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) You ever be talking to a boy and he's all of a sudden like, what's up with a potosaurus? And you're like, no. But babies be pooping. Babies be pooping. Boys be dinosauring. Babies be pooping. He breaks the hearts of all who see him by saying to Emily, who has not called anything, because I remember, like, he was, like, pre-verbal when they left, or, like, right around the time that he would have been, like, saying mom and mama, I think. So I get the impression that she's mom, because I thought he was calling Clea mom. I thought that, too. But when he's arguing with Clea about the water, Emily comes in and he goes, mom... And Clea goes, she knows you pee. So that no, I, he was saying that to her. I don't know. I I read that. that as I read that him as talking to Emily. I read that as him talking to Clea okay. for airing his dirty business of peeing. Oh, totally valid. Yeah. Anyway, that's like the least important thing that happened this scene. Uh, because <laughs> back to the dinosaurs. The most important thing is that the spinosaurs are the largest <laughs> meat eating dinosaurs. And that's the end of the scene. I'm kidding. He asks if Emily will read him the book and she starts and she is crying too hard to read the story. And he says, it's okay. I can do it. And then he starts reading with no trouble. Yeah, and thing, but- Clea and Emily are just like bawling their eyes out. And I too embalming my eyes my note was i am never having children because i can't take it my heart the next scene is um (laughs) say what you said about this scene when it started fucking how long has this party been going like like a baby presentation thing usually happens in the morning it's a lunch you know at like at best and then it's like you assume this was sort of like a brunchy like cocktails Mm -hmm. thing it's fully dark 
Yeah, it's to the point of the party where it's just like the dregs of people, and you see one commander in the corner getting out his guitar, being like, "Hey guys, you want to? Should we get down? Should we get down?" <gasps> Truly, the most horrifying oh thing. Oh my in Gilead. god! There was who let Ryan Adams in here? <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, there was this, um, you know how they have those like party letter banners? Yeah. There was one at Urban Outfitters that I almost bought several times that said, please leave by nine. <laughs> I just want to put that at my house for always. And the Putnams needed it because this party went on way too long. The baby finally woke up. They're about to give it to Serena. She's hesitating. And then <gasps> Janine comes in and everyone's butthole tightened. And I'm like, why did you think letting these handmaids in your house was a good idea? Oh, oh my God. Stop it. Good lord. There's like a million reasons not to let Janine in there. I mean, radiation poisoning potential. She tried to kill the baby once. I mean, she saved the baby once too, but also like that's her baby. She's unhinged always. Mm -hmm. Don't invite the handmaids. Yeah. And also don't invite the handmaids. Don't invite the Sackville Bagginses. Get everybody out of this party (laughs) by nine. God. Okay. Silver Lang's playbook. Yes. Naomi Putnam does not complain about Angela once this episode. So it seems like somebody has finally learned her goddamn lesson. Oh, that's sweet. It only took her baby almost dying twice. (laughs) Well, they say that's what happens. (laughs) You gotta, (laughs) you know, you know. So it starts out okay. Aunt Lydia is like staying there with her cattle prod. And she like, Janine's like, can I... You know, she's like saying, oh, like, cool. And everybody's like, all right, fucking, you know, buys grace or whatever. And then she's like, can I hold a baby? And Commander Putnam, who, again, I feel like we don't rag on enough. This is a dude who convinced Janine that they were going to run away together in exchange for blowies. And just, mm, I hate this dude. am I right? Oh, my God. Yeah, I hate him, too. I I hate him so much. He's been you know so incorporated back into the ranks he could has it no be hand. male privilege oh yeah, yeah. sorry <laughs> Just, i don't know have you seen the news <laughs> so so i'm worried every naomi time naomi takes some mercy on janine she's like you know what our lord is compassionate and forgiving and merciful hold the baby angela apparently blacked out and doesn't remember uh janine saving her life that time with skin to skin contact and is very fussy yeah i know that's my favorite part of the scene when janine keeps pushing the baby's head against her collarbone be like remember please remember come on come on so she gives the baby back i'm like okay and everybody's buttholes unclench (sighs) just when you think it's safe (laughs) janine says she could have a little brother or a little sister. And everybody's like, oh, my God. Oh my God. And she's like, I want to come back. I want to be your handmaid again. And Aunt Lydia, like, has to, like, pull her off. <gasps> we should just know anytime anything nice happens with yeah. Lydia and Janine that Janine's about to, like, lose a body part yeah, or yeah. get to be down. So mm-hmm. Aunt Lydia loses her mind and pulls her away and starts beating, like, not cattle, like, not just. using the electrical part. She's just wailing on her. Yeah. June is there because June is everywhere. And June goes in and, like, puts herself in between Janine and Aunt Lydia and says no. And Aunt Lydia mm-hmm. backs off for no yeah. reason, again, apart from the fact that they don't want to mess up Elizabeth Moss's face. Yeah. Because I'm like, it would have been great, honestly, if she had just, like, kept beating her. I think that's more consistent with like yeah. where her frame of mind is. Totally. And I couldn't tell how appalled everybody was. It did L- seem like a party foul though. Oh yeah, definitely a party foul. But also at the same time, it was like they know that this is how they train the handmaids, right? Yeah. Like they know that corporal, like 
corporal punishment is kind of the cornerstone of Gilead. Yeah. And it, is it just like a what happens in the Red Center stays at the mm. Red Center kind of thing? I would bet. I mean, again, this is why you don't invite the handmaids to the don't party. Don't invite the handmaids. So we really see in this scene like how big of a pariah Aunt Lydia has become. I don't think she was this big of a pariah before. Oh, I like, see. Like, I feel like everybody was more like whatever they felt about Emily's situation they were more empathetic to Aunt Lydia because remember they're also pinning the kidnapping on Emily so Emily is the convenient scapegoat for everything that has gone wrong as far as like the Waterfords and the Lawrences are concerned but to me this is such a huge breach of protocol like Mm. and not that they think that it's wrong that she should beat the crap out of Ginny and they're just like "Mm, could she not have done that in like the beating room like they have one right next to the pool (laughs) keep it to the beating room anyway and Anne Dowd plays this beautifully she is actually at a loss for words she's she's not in a position where she feels like she can justify what she did and you know I mean again you know she's got this very like no nonsense oh we're all in this together persona Mm -hmm. and that has slipped and yeah so i mean i'm very curious to see i would put in the death pool for this season oh yeah i'd put nick and aunt lydia at the top of that list nick morris i mean look oh he's going off to a war in chicago (laughs) bye dude bye see you later bye yeah i think that's those are pretty good odds I like those odds. The next scene after this great clip of Ann Dowd just crying by herself is Rory is leaving and she sees Clea on the porch. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to go to the hotel. And Clea's like a little bummed. And she's like, well, I'll like hang out for a little bit. And they share like a bottle of beer. But it's like, I can't. It's like, how do you how do you do any of this? You know, how do you even have a conversation with somebody? Where you've been apart for this long, even if Gilead didn't exist. Yeah. Like, just damn. I know. Well, I think this show does a really good job. The only, the singular reason I am happy that this show is more than one season is that it evades easy answers. And we see that more with the whole Luke and Nicole thing that they're brewing is that I I think a simpler interpretation of this is like, you go to Canada, everything's better because uh-huh. it's not Gilead. You go to Canada, everyone's reunited with their families, boom, bam, mm-hmm. nice and easy. And what this season I think is going to be about is just because you get to Canada doesn't mean everything is ironed out. And I think we're really going to see that with Luke and the whole Hickle situation. Because Gilead is within you. <laughs> The next one is Serena Joy and Emos as Serena Joy is packing up to leave, I guess. And fucking Emos is lingering. Every other handmaid is gone. You know, freaking Warren is, you know, (laughs) not shaking people's hands, I guess, because he doesn't have a hand. There was one commander who, as he was leaving, and we were like, oh, go and grace. Like, he grabbed Warren so vigorously. I was like, they're fucking. Ooh, I hope so. They are having some locker room times. Yeah, so, buddy. you know. Get it. Every other handmaid is gone. And, like, Serena's, like, trying to talk to June. And then June's like, they're all waiting for me. And then she walks not toward the door and just stands. <laughs> and Serena, they had had a conversation earlier about, as far as June is concerned, like, saying Gilead means there's hope that she'll see Hannah again. Like, not even hope that she'll get Hannah out. Not even hope that she'll ever get out. Just, like, Oof. hope that she'll see Hannah again which is a very sad and like narrow world to be living in. And Serena's like, I don't know if I'll ever see Nicole again. Mm. And so sort of Serena's sop and her like, thank you to June for like trying to broker some better situation between her and Fred in a 
a way for the wives to have more power is to tell her where Hannah's going to school. Right. And that the girls at the school play outside after lunch. And another thing I think this harkens to is something we didn't get a chance to talk about last episode is that Emos is really trying to get Serena on board to help in service of the mothers. In service of the mothers. I mean, I don't want to ascribe June overly altruistic motives. Not because I think she does have some, but I mean, her primary concern is Hannah. Absolutely. And I think that's totally fine. But I think that's how she sells Serena on continued participation. And I mean, it wasn't a card she could have played if she hadn't given birth to Hicole. Right. And Serena hadn't had that experience. Absolutely. Because in the previous episode, you know, she says that she, I don't think we even touched on this we in the didn't. last episode we were at all. so much fun. I'm and, sorry. But I mean, she says to Serena, as far as June's concerned, and I, I think it's true. I think she's pretty honest with Serena at this point. Yeah. She says, no, like you're also Nicole's mother. Only a mother would do what you did. Mm-hmm. So it's this interesting idea. And again, okay, you know, <laughs> they could all just co-parent. Yeah. But, you know, this this mutual respect between them and, like, Serena now having had this experience of being a mother, how does that change their dynamic? And obviously it's changed it a lot. <clears throat> well, it got her in trouble for the first time because Nicole's birth is the thing that kind of made Serena want to teach girls to mm-hmm. read. So it's like Serena becoming a mother for as many people who tell her she's not a mother. Mm-hmm. Like, she's really taken to heart that, like, this is my job now. Yeah. Which I love. And I just just randomly, like, all the time, I think of that line reading, she cannot read his word. All the time, I think Ooh. that. Oh, we get a quick um, flashback to <gasps> June and Luke in the post-baptismal scene. And there was a during-baptism scene that I yeah. think was, I think that was with the presentation. Like, a lot of that yeah. happened at the same time. Uh-huh. But it's like, post-baptism, Hannah ruined her dress because babies be pooping. <laughs> babies be pooping. And they're, like, trying to figure out where not to go to eat. <laughs> and, like, Holly wants to go to a vegan restaurant and she's not even vegan. And I fucking hate that. That's such a good character description. No, it is. Because I know that person, Ugh, like, so much in the Bay Area. They're like, let's try this vegan place. I'm like... I'm going to wait until we can't have meat anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Bye. And they just have a cute little exchange about like how this was the right thing to do. Yeah. It's such a miracle. Mm -hmm. Let's baptize her. Yeah. Just to show gratefulness. Well, they say, yeah, they're like, we wanted to say thank you to God because we know, remember when they had Hannah, somebody tried to steal her out the hospital. Uh The other baby who had been born there was dead. Like there just aren't a lot of babies. So it's a miracle yeah. and it's worth it's worth giving thanks for. Very funny. Also, they're like, we're choosing where we're going to eat. Okay. It's like, okay, but you tell your mom. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I it was very cute. Oh, and I love this was earlier, but that would have been St. Pat's Cathedral because it was her dad's parish. And her mom was saying, you know, oh, your dad spent more time at Fenway than he ever spent here, which is another fun character detail. So then, oh, geez. So then the next scene is fucking June is still lurking around the house. The other handmaids are getting so pissed. I'm like, you need to go out there and tap on the window and be like, I, I'm just going to get a chariot. Like, go without me. <laughs> but I'm just like, how is there not somebody cattle prodding I her know. ass into that van? They're just letting her wander willy nilly around the house. She's looking in drawers. She's helping herself to the fridge. If like- I may quote the Rodgers and Hammerstein musical. <laughs> you may. The problematic fave carousel. <laughs> June is busting out all over. <laughs> so she hears a ruckus 
Well, a guardian comes in. I will say I have a little sympathy for Commander putting him here because he's like, Jesus Christ, I just got all these people at my house. <laughs> so a guardian shows him, he's, hey, I need to see Commander Waterford. And he goes into like this library and June follows him because nobody's watching her. And they're like, we thought we put a bell on her, but I guess it keeps falling <laughs> off. And so she pokes her head in and they're like, hey, who's this? Is that your handmaid? And they're like, well, mm. they're like, it's complicated. <laughs> and they're like, well, okay, come on in and see this. And I thought it was about Nick because they said I could hear like there was like was chanting too. and shouting and they were saying Chicago. And I was like, oh, fuck, is Nick dead already? I like, thought they were going to be like, hey, you remember Vine? This is a really good compilation. <laughs> I don't know why this didn't last as a platform. These are really funny. Sorry, so, I cut you off to make that joke. No, that's phenomenal. No, I just thought Nick was dead. Nick yeah. isn't dead. But what they do have is video footage of Luke and Nicole at a rally saying we stand with Chicago. And like both Serena and June are like thrilled to be seeing Nicole in a way that is not appropriate in my mind. Because I'm like, you know, they're going to like try to go get her. Yeah. Like the like, biggest thing I wrote was lie. Just lie. And they don't because they're like, do you know this man? And she's like, yeah. And they're like, is his name Lucas Van Cole? And I'm like, can you extradite a baby? How does this out. work? We're going to find out. <laughs> um, but again, to your point, Canada does not fix everything. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Remind me to go to Vancouver, though. So that is... Oh, and then the... Oh, fuck me. Yeah. The final scene. Moira and Luke. <laughs> so cute. They're in a room with a priest. Not as good of a priest. The other priest at St. Pat's was clearly like a drunk-ass, fat, Irish Catholic priest. And I appreciated the truth in casting. And not as good of a priest as Fleabag season two, okay, which again, I'll also shout out. I still haven't watched it. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Somebody just told me that they think they're going to start smoking again because of it. And I don't think I should watch well, it. Fair. I'm going to. You heard what I said this episode. I'm in a vulnerable state. Look up pics. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> they are explaining to this priest who like, hey, like we're not the kid's parents, but we want this baby to be baptized because mm. the mom's not here. And the priest is like, well, where is the mom? And they're like, um, uh, Gilead. And the priest is like, oh, please. I keep an emergency baptismal <laughs> fount just for this reason. Say no more, mon amour. Here we go. <laughs> so then we get to see them in the church and I Aww. died. Because what song do they play? They play Down in the River to Play by Alison Krauss, made famous by the movie Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yes. And Woo! I was sobbing. Hey, women artists. Things that were recorded after the 90s. Great job, everybody. A plus. We're going to get there. Yeah. <laughs> It's a great end to the episode. Yeah. Uh, another episode directed by Ama Asante. And this one is written by Eric Tuchman, who I can't remember which other ones he's written. But. I can't either. We could do a chart. We're not going to. We're very busy. <laughs> no. Yeah. So that is this episode. This one, I think, was just like the first three episodes are trying to boom, 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 punch mm -hmm. you with all like the action, especially considering that they're all dropped at once. Yeah. So they really had to rev you up. And then this one is like sort of the, the breather episode. I mean, kind of, I was going to say, yeah, it's the breather episode in which, uh, <laughs> Emily is reunited with her family. Oh, yeah. Uh, Aunt Lydia beats the living crap out of Janine. Oh, yeah. Uh, what other horrible shit happened this episode? Luke might be 
Yeah, di- oh. yeah. Luke is in Gilead's crosshairs. All right, you know, I'm very jaded. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a gentle episode. What a fun, wow, what peaceful a, this time. This is like a fun time we all had. Oh boy. All right. Well, that's the end of the episode. We'll see you next week. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your girlfriends. And no lite table starts carborundorum. Dum 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 dum. Oh, dumb. <laughs> mm. Mm, she I'm, stands alone. Oh, I'm the Kelly Rowland. <laughs> <laughs>